Let's get into the news now. We start with local government. The Hillsborough Board of Commissioners meets at 7 o'clock tonight. Board members will get an update on downtown parking and discuss legislative priorities with Hillsborough's General Assembly representatives. That would be State House Representative Renee Price and State Senator Greg Meyer. Meanwhile, the Durham County Commissioners meet at 7 o'clock also. They've got a light agenda this week. Commissioners will consider appointments to six county boards, and they'll also tackle a number of ceremonial items, including a resolution marking February 2024 as Black History Month. We go to Carborough now, where the town recently took steps to acknowledge a difficult part of its past. In 1898, an 18-year-old black man was killed by a mob of white men near the present-day intersection of Old Greensboro Road and Hatch Road west of Carborough. Now 126 years later, the town of Carborough has a new historical marker honoring the man's life. The town, as well as the Orange County Remembrance Coalition and the national nonprofit Equal Justice Initiative, hosted a dedication ceremony for the marker last Sunday, featuring a litany of guest speakers and performances from poets and a black youth string quartet. Carolina Connections' Jessica Simmons was there and filed this report. Last Sunday in Carborough, when temperatures dropped to the 30s, over 60 people from the community gathered at the Carborough Town Commons. Together they sang and commemorated the life and tragic death of Maylie McCauley through a historical marker unveiling. The marker is royal blue with gold trim and tells the history of McCauley's life and how he died. The marker was unveiled by distant relatives of Macaulay, such as Andre Allen and Robert Walker. Walker said we're living in very serious times. As we integrated into what whites have taught us, we have actually took on the problems of America because we have not learned our own history. We have not stood up for our own history. It has been forgotten. At the event, the mayor of Carborough, Barbara Fushi, said Macaulay was gone too soon. Manly Macaulay, an 18-year-old farmhand, victim of racial terror lynching. Manly Macaulay never got the chance to grow into full adulthood and enjoy life. Macaulay was lynched by a mob of white men in 1898 after they accused him of eloping with a white woman. C.J. Suit, performance poet, said in black culture, physical death is only a part of things. And now we actually live on, as long as people remember us and continue to say our names. Before his spoken words, Suit said he always starts with Lucille Clifton's poem, Come Celebrate With Me. End of the poem where she says, Come celebrate with me, that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. <laughs> and this February in Black History Month, um, I just want to let Manly McCauley know myself, and I would hope that we are letting him know in this moment that uh, they tried to kill you, but they failed. The marker stands in the pole in front of the Carborough Town Hall with names of the Orange County Community Remembrance Coalition and the Equal Justice Initiative, two organizations that organize the event. The Coalition's committee chair, Diane Robertson, said the public narrative a nation creates is about what's important and what's reflected in memorials and monuments. Who is honored, what is remembered, what is memorialized, tells a story about a society that can't be reflected 
in other ways. U.S. Congresswoman Valerie Fushi said over 4,000 people were victimized to lynching nationwide, including 120 reported in North Carolina. She said the lynchings are a stain on the nation's history and that we still feel the immense pain generations later. Racial violence is a horrific part of our past, but unfortunately it is still a part of our present. In Carborough, I'm Jessica Simmons. Carolina Connection is a student-produced radio newscast from the UNC Hussman School of Journalism and Media. You can hear their full programs on Saturday mornings at 8.30 right here on 97.9 The Hill through the spring semester. Turning to state news now, after oral arguments in the North Carolina Supreme Court last week, many North Carolina educators are now awaiting the latest decision in a decades-long education funding case, the Leandro case in the 1990s was a landmark affirmation of North Carolina's constitutional right to a sound, basic education for all, and determined more should be done by state government to allow for that. But spending plans in recent years have been shot down, leading to a 2022 ruling by the state Supreme Court dictating how the money should be allocated. But Republican lawmakers are saying that shouldn't be possible. And with a new Republican majority on the bench, many are expecting for the school funding plan to be shut down again. Every Child NC, a statewide coalition of parents, students, and teachers pushing for the school funding, held a press conference last week with advocacy leaders. When asked if they would seek to further strengthen the state's Constitution education clause for the Supreme Court overturning the 2022 ruling, doesn't move forward with funding. The group largely said they weren't sure if it would make a difference let alone be heard by state lawmakers. Here is the response of Jackie Perez Albanel, a statewide organizer with the Education Justice Alliance. And we'll hear from attorney David Hinojosa with the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. I mean, something that's running through my head right now is, I mean, yes, strengthen what the Constitution says, strengthen the policy, but even like even right now, it is included in the Constitution and you're still ignoring it. So I don't know how much I trust if they did just change the wording, would we still not get the funding? Because it's in there right now. So what would it actually mean to go through the process of changing the Constitution if we do and then you still don't give us the money? It's a, it's a matter of the people wearing the robes who are going to interpret that and how faithfully mm -hmm. they will interpret it. There's lots of incredible cases over the years, many that we briefed, you know, before the Supreme Court as well, reminding them what they've said around a sound basic education, about it being a paramount. They don't say that often times around rights, right? You know, but this is a paramount right for school children under the Constitution. So I don't know how much it would matter if you even further amended the Constitution, how much more it has to be stronger. It's just a faithful interpretation by those responsible for providing faithful interpretations that needs to be looked at. Once again, that was the voice of David Hinojosa. And before that, we heard from Jackie Perez Albanel speaking about the Every Child NC Press briefing following the oral arguments of the Leandro case in front of the state Supreme Court. As of now, there's no clear timetable on when a decision will be made, but it is expected in the coming months. Time now for sports, and we'll start the sports conversation talking basketball because, as I keep saying, I'm turning it over to Brighton in like less than 10 minutes now. 
We're about to have more UNC basketball just 48 hours after they got a big win in Charlottesville. Their first against UVA at UVA since 2012. Carolina with 15 first-half points from Cormac Ryan. Those 15 points were more valuable than usual as the halftime score was just 26-16. So Tar Heels eventually ground out the win 54-44. Here's Coach Davis after the game. Going into this game, you know, one of the things that we consistently said to each other is, is whatever it takes, you know, on both ends of the floor, you know, whether it's you know, whatever it takes to get through the screen, to box out, to rebound, to talk on defense, to dive on loose balls, offensively, whatever it takes to come off those screens, to post up hard, to get second chance opportunities, to knock down open jumpers, to get to the free throw line, whatever it takes. And so, um, you know, I, I think I mentioned it before, you know, we've been in games like this where, um, you know, you just had to find ways to be able to win and um, just another a gritty win for us, and I'm just really proud of this group. Hubert Davis speaking there, and reminder, Tar Heels have the Hurricanes tonight, just 48 hours after that win. So we've got an NCAA tournament-style one-day-off turnaround here, and we'll start that coverage coming up here in about eight minutes. Tar Heels will enter that game with a one-game lead on Duke for first place in the ACC. Over to the women's side now. They took a tough loss over the weekend. Number eight, Virginia Tech, was having senior night. They had a couple seniors absolutely go off with some hot shooting. Georgia Moore and Elizabeth Kitley combined for 53 points. UNC's Deja Kelly tried to keep up. She scored a career-high 29 to keep it somewhat close, but it was just too much on the road. Tar Heels fall in that one. Over to some other sports now, UNC men's fencing team took home an ACC championship for the first time since 1980 over the weekend. Put together a 3-0 performance on Sunday, including back-to-back wins over top-ranked Notre Dame and Duke. We also learned the women's team finished third, and Carolina fencing dedicated the win to the late Ron Miller. He's the legendary former UNC fencing coach who led the men's program to eight titles and won the women's program's first in 2018 before passing away in June. He coached at Carolina for 52 seasons. Men's track and field team also won an ACC championship, their fourth in program history. Star Parker Wolf set a school meet and ACC record in the men's mile final. Ran that full mile in 3 minutes, 54.17 seconds. Teammate Ethan Strand just behind him finishing third at 358.54. Wolf then went on to win the men's 3,000 meter later in the day with a 751.11 and was named co-MVP of the championship. Diamond Heels with a tough weekend. They played three really close wins against Eastern Carolina but ended up losing the series 2-1. Eastern's ranked 11th in the nation, so it was a tough series. They'll be back in action tomorrow when they host VCU at 4 o'clock at Bosch Hammer Stadium. One more congratulations now for Fiona Crowley and R.J. Davis, both placed on the ACC Excellence Award list. That's for athletes who have excelled in the classroom but are choosing to pursue their sports professionally. So congratulations again to both of them.